Great. Well, and thank you guys for having us. Appreciate it. Uh, we're we're actually in Naples, um, and we just finished one, up one floor away from each other. Actually, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we could have done this in the same place, but we're at the Arthrex um, Innovation Center, and we had a great uh, Fabian did a keynote uh, with along with some other incredible people, uh, people building hearts and and uh, fixing blindness and just incredible. Mm. So uh, Fabian kicked it off. And I would say we probably were the wow presentation. So he did an excellent job. It was a TED talk type um, situation of 20 minutes um, and just laid out uh, just a lot of the ocean conservation and, and just, you know, produce as well. So I just wanted to give Fabian a little kudos. He did a great job yesterday and people, um, the people we're meeting here are incredible. We're, we're loving Naples more and more these days. Um, so I'll turn it over to Fabian. I think this is definitely um, groundbreaking as far as a treaty. And, uh, but I'll let the ocean uh, expert uh, tell you what his thoughts are. Yeah, so, sorry, I, I, I had to call on my phone for some reason, the, the Wi-Fi is not working on my computer. Um, I have mixed feelings about it, to be honest. Hmm. Um, I think philosophically, it's wonderful. I think it's it's a goal that that needs to be achieved, needed to be achieved 30 years ago. Um, I think the reality is we're behind the eight ball. And uh, in order to achieve those goals by uh, seven years from now, uh, we have uh, a lot of work to do and it's gonna require all the powers that be if we're even going to imagine getting to those goals. And more specifically than that, even if we do achieve the, the, the treaty goals, then there's a, a real problem that's been a problem for generations of enforcing the, uh, the goals and, and respecting um, the parameters. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if you want me to get into uh, what specifics you might want me to get into, but um, I, I do have my concerns. Um, I've, I, I've had the, the, the privilege of addressing the UN multiple times over the last decade, whether it be for the SDGs or, or, or some other topic. And um, throughout that journey and meeting with uh, government entities, private entities, um, stakeholders, et cetera, nonprofits, um, and, and all, a lot of people who do boots on the ground work to help achieve some of these goals, um, including mapping, uh, et cetera, uh, I, I, I have my concerns. I have my concerns. There are, there are um, undercurrents of vested interests that don't necessarily coincide well with, with the treaty. Um, you know, everything from deep sea mining, uh, which is a, a, a nuclear topic right now, uh, to uh, to other issues, um, protecting the world's oceans, uh, you know, thirty percent by twenty thirty, et cetera. We uh, we're still in this mindset that the ocean belongs to everyone and no one, and therefore it's it's still a bit of a cowboy uh, approach. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's the, the the work is monumental. The work is monumental, and, and it's going to require everyone's participation for us to achieve them. If I could just add one one other thing, we 
Fabian was followed by um, the director of the National Science Foundation yesterday uh, in, in the talk. And one of the, I thought, more interesting things that he said is, we're we're going to give we're going to accelerate and we're going to give away you know more money we're going to we're going to try to help but we need public private partnerships we need everyone to kind of participate we cannot do this alone and mm -hmm. i think that's really super key to a philosophy that we have at at proteus ocean group is we have to create public private partnerships it can't just be private capital and government and you know we're we're very lucky that we have a navy crater we're, we're signing about to sign one with noah We'll get NASA next, but that's not the end all be all, right? Those are just government agencies. We need um, the private capital to step up and, and everyone and kind of just these these partnerships that are now starting to really bear fruit for us. Um, and, and I think the world, right? We'll start to see some really great advancements in the art research and development and solutions uh, and the storytelling if those those partnerships can come accelerate. And I think that's going to be the key to, to getting 2030. That's yeah, just my it, it, it can't be the tail wagging the dog. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we went through the same process. I remember when I was a kid uh, uh, with well, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't actually part of it. I was an observer um, with my grandfather leading the charge on on protecting the Antarctic. Um, and working with different government entities and all that. And that was certainly a struggle. Um, and we thankfully have, and actually, unfortunately, that's coming up again soon for, for a revote. But um, in terms of the 2030 goals, it, we cannot achieve them without having a public-private partnership. And uh, we cannot just rely on government as much as government needs to be an integral part of this. Uh, in order for this to, to be achieved. This must have the participation of all entities. Can you maybe speak, who are the key um, the private uh, parties that should be partners or, or you know, are, are already partners or that you'd like to see as partners? Uh, Obviously you're doing that in a way. Maybe you yeah. should. Yeah, you, I, should explain, I, I, I would, you, you could explain what what you're doing, and then maybe you could answer the other question. Yeah, yeah and I, I can. Mean, on a microcosmic level. Sorry, uh, go go ahead, Lisa. No, no, go ahead. You go first, and I'll, I'll add to whatever you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, on a on a on a, on a microcosmic example, uh, Proteus would be uh, an int uh, an interesting. I mean, this is a little bit self-serving, obviously. I apologize for that, but uh, would be an interesting example of bringing in government entities nonprofit entities and, and private partnerships uh, in order to achieve a goal. Um, in this case, the International Space Station of the Ocean for the, the greater good of humanity, as well as for the benefit of the individual stakeholders. Uh, and it, it, it's a fairly complex approach, but it's one that we feel and we've seen uh, great traction in because there are uh, seats for all folks at the table. Uh, and in today's global society, the only way we can achieve these grandiose aspirations and these grandiose goals, such as the, the treaty, uh, is to have participants from these different angles, these different interests and and um, and to participate in that conversation and the signing of an agreement that is much more universal with regard to uh, to Proteus uh, where you know we we've had to 
have conversations that were very unusual conversations or not non-traditional conversations because of that. Uh, and that really has, uh, I think, been an extremely attractive uh, dialogue uh, that, that has uh, been unique uh, in many ways uh, that I think is what gives us a lot of traction. Um, so yeah, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Lisa. I'm I'm sorry. And I, I can give you some specific here. examples to just kind of bring it home and 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 uh, be more tangible. So in, for example, uh, September of 2021, we went into Curacao. We did site mapping along the underwater park. We brought in uh, R2Sonic, which is lidar equipment with Map the Gaps, which is a nonprofit. We work with Carmabi, which is the research institution on the island, along with the blessing with the government and we brought the capital to pay for the site mapping once that site mapping was done it's all 3d benthic you know great mapping that they did not have access to from the funding standpoint we gave that to the government we gave that to Karmabi and said this is information that you all could use we appreciate we did it but here you are we brought the capital but we appreciated the partnership good example of a public-private partnership benefiting information giving information to the decision makers yeah, um, for that, and, and to interject for one exactly. second, um, uh, for for that specific example, we didn't need to do that. If right. it was, if it were, if we were being just focused on our needs and no one else's, uh, then all we needed was a very small portion of that map exactly. to be mapped in detail. But because we had the opportunity to bring in other partners and and other uh, people who could benefit from it, especially the people of that nation who's who we are guests of um it it was it's it made perfect sense to leverage that opportunity for the greater good absolutely another example is two of our northeastern lead scientists that are working for produce ocean group just put in a 20 million dollar grant for a, a full-scaled observatory uh with sensor networks deployed around curacao curacao would become the first island nation to have that kind of information so we would be gathering all kinds of information from acidity to salinity to water temperatures to potentially even microplastics and that is in partnership with a whole bunch of people right so that's us and uh the data company the data hosting company on the island with the government and we're bringing in the smithsonian and other different institutions again another great example i'll give you one other trend and then i'll stop that I think is happening, and it's not whitewashing, greenwashing, or bluewashing, but really looking for intentional companies that want to fund science, and we have a lot of them. Prada is on our is we're close to signing, hopefully something with them that is going to be funding educational programming, ocean science, and marketing services. So a combination of the three, and they're interested mostly in the UNESCO. Prada, see beyond educational programming, both in Curacao and in Italy. So super, another interesting, um, you know, uh, same thing with BlueNap, which is the data center on the island. They want to kind of get out there, but we're saying, great, we'll we'll do a marketing services agreement with you, but we're going to add in science. We're going to add in other pieces. So give us the money to fund this, but we're going to build awareness, public awareness about the yeah. ocean, about what's happening in all, all, you know, in the ocean so that we can use that that money for the good. Um, so just some more solid up, um, examples for you guys. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, Lisa. I mean, I, just, um, well, I, I welcome questions. I was just gonna, it, our, to our point is we shed light on these things and we're gonna do it on the March 22nd event. 
We're also in Seattle and and uh, and San Francisco and Palo Alto, which are meccas for you know. Actually, think about the the Moore Foundation, how they're focused on some aspects of what you're you're, you're talking about and, and Gates. Um, but we'd love to include you wherever we go. Um, uh, we're also going to be in Oxford and Sheffield, and they've all you know in, in England and. Um, so anyway, questions from everyone? Is this on your radar? I know it is for you, Alistair. Sorry, I just saw a text message go through. Yes, Mark. I, Adam, I, I, yeah, I've I've got a question. And this is this question is a bit bit more technical, and it's to Lisa and Fabian, of course. And that is the coral reefs and the growing of, of the coral. What, how is that technology advancing? What would you say about that technology? And by the way, I'm calling from the Florida Keys. <laughs> so, um, so first of all, I'd like to answer Marin's question um, on, on Prada and uh, uh, making it fun. Yeah, we absolutely have to make it fun. Uh, we have we have to make it engaging for the general public to be part of this solution, and and of course the, the decision makers as well, whether they be in in uh, government or or private practice or what have you. Um, to answer your question with regard to uh, coral reefs, oh my God, we're stepping in a very complicated uh, deep water. Um, Florida, I love Florida for many reasons. It's I don't love Florida for the coral reefs. Uh, Florida. Uh, unfortunately, has some serious struggles uh, ahead with regard to restoration of coral reefs, because there have been a lot of uh, approaches uh, with regard to that. And, and I'm, I'm not picking on Florida. Actually, this 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 can be a statement universally. Uh, it's not just Florida. Um, but until we regulate development until we regulate uh, uh, runoff, until we regulate uh, activities on coral reefs, until we uh, stop knocking the, the, the legs off of a four-legged stool, uh, you're not gonna see a better coral reef ecosystem. Uh, it'll continue degrading. Uh, so if we're looking at climate change related issues, pollution related issues, overfishing related issues, um, you know, a coral reef is a very uh, dynamic, complex ecosystem. And the way the way typically it survives uh, is that everything works and functions properly. It is a fairly resistant ecosystem in that if you, like a four-legged stool, if you knock one of the legs off, it has a tendency to be able to combat the effects of one of those negative inputs. But when you start inputting too many pressures from various angles, that's when you see what you see in the core reef ecosystem in the Florida Keys uh, and, other, and, and elsewhere. Uh, there's a reason why there are only two remaining accruing coral reefs in the entire Caribbean, Curacao being one of them. Um, and that's because we have neglected the, 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 the basic needs of our life support system in the ocean. And we've used it as an endless resource and garbage can for way too many decades. Until we address those basic fundamental problems at their source, we cannot 
envision doing successful restoration of coral reefs. Um, one of the one of the big components of the solution building, of course, is marine protected areas. And there's a beautiful you know map of the Florida Keys marine protected area. But by marine protected areas, I mean protected. <laughs> I mean sanctuary. I mean off limits to any uh, intrusive activities. Not necessarily exploration and fun and, and science and all that, but I mean, just leave it alone. You know, just stop, stop messing with it. Stop uh, you know, uh, developing around them, uh, 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 overfishing, et cetera. And if you can build those hope spots, then you can envision and hope for that core ecosystem to find a balance and to start restoring itself. Uh, you know, restoration activities. I mean, we, we've messed around with restoration activities ourselves, including using uh, all sorts of technologies like 3D printing of the stony coral with organic matter to be able to recruit. But we're still subject to all the issues, even during those restoration activities of, of all the things that I mentioned before, the, the runoff and everything else. And so it's very difficult to justify the dollars and cents and effort numbers that you have to have in order to offer those activities when two, three, four or five years down the road, um, everything is dead again. Uh, so uh, it, it's like, it, it's basically uh, wasting money and effort. Uh, so I, I've gone on and on and on and I apologize for that, but, but no. coral restoration is not a solution until you address the root problem. Uh, coral restoration is a lot of fun and it's an engaging activity educationally, 100%. And I don't besiege people for wanting to do coral restoration. It's just, we, we, we have to go beyond that. Uh, that. That can be a component of the, the solution building, but we have to go way beyond that. A follow-up question, okay. Fabian. Oh, hold on, hold on, Adam. One more question. Adam, and that's you, just my opinion. I mean, you know, people may have other opinions. That's just my opinion. Sure, sure. Adam, first, you, you and Marin are, are in the keys. Uh, you, you guys, you should meet. Have you ever met? I oh, know you met in Miami. I forgot, right? I don't know if we did. <laughs> oh, you would have but, known. Uh, you would have known if you if you had met Marin. I don't. I don't think we did. You didn't meet. But, okay. uh, Marin is on fire. I don't think we did yet. I, I would it. love to meet. So. Marin is on fire. Wait until you have a WhatsApp group with her. Uh, <laughs> <Fabian. laughs> Yay! Fabian, all the emojis. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is so amazing. I do. I do. She's awesome. Fabian, to follow up on your thank on, you, likewise, Adam. Let, let's let Steve, Stephen weigh in because he is okay. an avid scuba diver and loves <laughs> coral reefs. Yay! Okay. Protect the reefs. Thank you, Fabian. Yeah. I had a 100%. question about the, how you how you view the um, efforts to put uh, the wind turbines and the and the things that are supposed to make our world better, but putting them in the ocean and what that does to the sea life there. And how do you balance the two out of wanting a better world, but also wanting to protect the conflicts there are high. I'd like to get your sense on that. Yeah, at the, at the risk of making enemies and getting yelled at, um, uh, there's no conflict there, no no significant conflict. I think there's per, uh, there, there's um, personal interests and uh, and, and uh, lobbyists that, that, that love to create conflict out of this, but, um, to, uh, geez, that's a very complex 
uh, set of topics, actually. Uh, if done properly, renewables, wind, solar, et cetera, can be, can be done very well um, and, and with respect to the environment. Um, you know, doing renewables just to do renewables because it's the trendy thing to do, um, it can be dangerous. Uh, not, not so much for the, well, yes, to some extent for the wildlife, but not so much for the wildlife, but just because it, it, it ends up being uh, a waste of resources. And then you start getting into these conversations where people start doubting the, the, the benefits. Um, there are other solutions as well. I mean, it's not just wind and, and, and solar. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a proponent of, of, of finding the silver bullet on renewables because every situation in the world requires a different uh, a different solution. For example, in uh, again, I'll go back to Curacao just because I don't want to point fingers to anyone else. But for us, I'm really pushing hard for OTEC, Ocean Thermal Energy Conversion, because it makes sense. It's a baseline energy, very efficient. Um, you can power the world's needs, you know, if done properly. And that's a big asterisk, but if done properly, nine times over uh, with OTEC. Now, you can't do OTEC all over the world. It's, it's, not, it's not a panacea. But, um, but with wind and solar, uh, you know, you just have to, you have to be able to judge where you're putting it, what the, what, what the capital input is, uh, and what the return on investment is, as well as what the environmental impact study dictates. So if you're talking about wind, being an obstruction to birds, for example, bird migrations, um, that's certainly a consideration, although I've seen the numbers of the most recent technologies in terms of wind, and they're, they're very uh, respectful of, excuse me, of environmental impact. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't pretend to be an engineer. Um, I'm just, I know just enough to get myself in trouble. Uh, but I would say we have much bigger problems than to debate whether or not to put renewables uh, over traditional means uh, because the benefits outweigh the cost, the benefits outweigh the risks. Thank you. And we, 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 we just don't have the time at this point having seen all the devastation that we need to catch up on and fix. Um, I, I think we just don't have the time not to implement solutions. Uh, and I know I'm not against fossil, uh, it's not that I'm not against fossil fuels. It's, we need to wean ourselves off fossil fuels, but there's gonna be a progression. Everyone wants to turn a switch on and off and that's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as much as we'd love it to, it's not gonna happen. It, fossil fuels will be around for a while, but uh, you know, we can make, we can do our, Oops. Um, and I know there's a visual component to, to that particular question that I didn't answer. Uh, and that's really for the community to figure out, um, far be it for me from, you know, hundreds of miles away to say anything. But um, no, we're, we're within we're generally. We, 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 it's, a, it's a transition. Uh, yeah. We'll need it we for had a the while. same problem up in, in, um, in, the, in the Northeast uh, with. Uh, off of Massachusetts with the wind farm with the wind turbines there, and that was previous technologies that actually uh, were were a step down so that the the props would go slower. Um, and you know, of course, there's this criticism that it it changes the whale migrations, which it does not. Um, you know, you you, you got to be careful of what people say uh, and do your own research. 
So yeah, what, I was just German... curious because I, I, I had noticed a lot more whales washing up on the beaches of Long Island. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm is, not sure that's their cause and effect, or is that just the currents, the uh, Gulf Stream shifting, or what you thought well, was? Well, I, I think, you know, migratory patterns shift because of environmental factors, and that, that has, you know, climate change plays into that because animals go where the food is, right? Um, and has, in my opinion, has nothing to do with the wind turbines, but it does have to do a lot with boat strikes and, and with other factors, uh, you know, pollution related issues, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, noise pollution being one of them, of course. And unfortunately, the navies of the world don't, aren't transparent about what they're doing in the ocean. So we have no idea if that's a factor. Um, you know, I, I'd wait to see what the necropsy reports say, but um, essentially it's, it's very convenient to point to a specific pro, uh, 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 source, but um, I, I don't specifically think, uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think it has anything to do with the wind turbines there. Well, thank you and Lisa for all the work you're doing. So, so thank you guys. So Fabian, Lisa, let's say I, I can write you guys a check or we collectively write, write a, a check or a series of checks. I'm going to put my mailing address right in the chat. Yeah, right yeah. Now. So <laughs> what would, you know, let's, you know, don't, let's skip the amounts, but let's say you, you had what you needed or, or wanted or at least needed. Um, and you're going to set up Proteus and Carousel. You're going to, uh, Chris, they're going to maybe have a few more. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, by the way, why the U.S. government wouldn't be stroking a check like this too, uh, given how much they're putting into the space program. Yeah, uh, but let's say you know, we're working. We're working on it. We're working on it. The problem with with the U.S., if anything, because we would love to have one in U.S. waters, um, is the process takes so long. We want to get in the water ASAP. Yeah, like Axiom Space had an in-kind contract. <laughs> Miami <with> Bay. <laughs> for Maybe. three years. It took them three years to convert it to an actual contract. So we're hoping those similar things happen with both NOAA and the Navy. And then NASA as well. So, but finish your question and then we'll- More like, what, what do you think we could expect and over what time period in terms of some research results? Hmm. Um, I, I remember, cause I had the recording, I threw it into the chat um, that there was, there was a, a drug from a species of fish that could give you the benefits of morphine without the side effects. Somehow I- yep. That's pre-alt. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it, uh, it was uh, sold. The chemical chain was sold for 38 million, I think, to a pharma company. Yeah. Yeah. And there are only 14 FDA approved marine derived product in, on the market today, probably 30 something more in, in cl clinical trials. But the fact is, there's no real research platform that's in a permanent presence where, you know, we're giving creating a cost effective platform, very much like Elon Musk did with rockets, right? Can created a cost-effective way to go back and forth. That idea that the private sector, particularly pharma and life sciences and that whole area doesn't, hasn't had access. It's like Fabian's Cousteau's uh, example of Jane Goodall, right? You drop her down from a balloon. She's only going to take a few snapshots, got to go, you know, spring back up. That's not going to really allow that, that kind of ongoing time series research and development. But I'll let Fabian answer. If we had the capital today to yeah. deploy more than one of these, if I had uh, Jeff Bezos' $5 billion where he spent it to go to space, um, burned a little carbon, so he took a few years off our planet, uh, I think we could 
we would do a lot with it in a very short period of time. But I'll let Fabian go, and then I can always add on. Sure. Uh, so uh, Marin asked if we want to put it in uh, <laughs> in Miami Bay. Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, for for many very practical reasons, actually, um, the the decision making process to put a an underwater research station where you can do mid and long term research and 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 uh, data gathering and, and all that sort of thing is a lot. <laughs> yes, too much traffic. Exactly, too much boat traffic for sure. Um, it is a culmination of several factors. First of all. Uh, uh, there's a practicality factor, right? There's an accessibility factor. There's uh, a proximity to the subject matters, uh, the, the number of subject and research uh, um, subjects, sorry, that, that, that one would want to be able to offer and to monitor and to uh, ex extract data from and, and, and look at. Um, there's um, a security or safety concern because you have, um, uh, personnel in saturation for long periods of time. So yeah, Miami Bay might be a little bit too busy in terms of boat traffic and fishing and anchoring and, and all those sorts of things. Um, the the uh, additional aspect of things is how do you how does one fund this? Whether there's an ROI uh, aspect like a tenant model or or, or or a payload model or you know something of that sort. Uh, and um, and the accessibility to land infrastructure, which is necessary. Just like NASA, you need uh, you need uh, a mission control. You need uh, eventually boat support, even if it's just for maintenance, um, and and of course safety uh, and any other needs. So there's there's a lot that needs to happen, and the crossroads of that is what determines where strategically you'd like to place a Proteus of some footprint. It doesn't have to be the one, the same model as the one in Curacao. It could be smaller, it could be larger, it could be different configuration, uh, but those all are factors. But, can, so, but, my, but, but ultimately, sorry, oh, Mark, did, hold on, I'll add quickly to that. Mm -hmm. I would like to say, first of all, one of our, our, our visions is that we wanna do this anywhere, any depth at any size, anywhere in the world, right? So that's that's the goal here, right? Because and when we create a network of these, what, what would get accelerated is very much like, whether you believe in the vaccine or not, right? That's the issue is we had a time to market, and again, whether that was a good or bad thing, but it was created by the global collaboration of scientists, private entities, money, private capital, all of that contributed to the to the time to market of that vaccine. Why, if we could do the same thing with climate change, I think that's part of it. The idea that we could accelerate time underwater uh, and accelerate the time to do the research is really what our goal is. So if we had um, many of these in different strategic locations, as Fabian said, the goal would to have to be to have all those scientists speaking to each other. In a, in a network, speaking mm -hmm. to ocean vessels, speaking to universities, because we'd have the, the bandwidth uh, and even you may be using Starlink. So really creating an ecosystem of data collection, but collaboration among the scientists and the researchers and getting that information to the decision makers in a faster, more timely way so they could create solutions. And then we could also tell those beautiful global yeah. engagement stories. That's really- I mean, I know we- did we show the slide of the network of, of underwater habitats? And so, yeah, so the, the network 
portion is, is very important because it gives us just like a neural network in our bodies, gives us a much better understanding and, and finger on the pulse of oceanic health. Uh, and, and that's where those strategic locations would be. Uh, right. You know, Miami Bay may not be the right way, place, but maybe it's dry Tortuga, uh, although the infrastructure there obviously would be a problem, but you know, there's, there's, so, there's a lot of opportunities. So I'm still, um, this is, that's useful content. I'm still looking at like what, what could be some of the findings that we could have out of all this and then the network with the network effect. The sure. other piece to this other than, as I always like to do is, is uh, find what, what the key catalyst could be for you. Government is tough, right? I can't deliver on the government. Um, but is there, are there particular, just maybe you can do this offline if there are, um, yeah. Groups that, you know, as we go, we're going to be with the Gates Foundation, we'll be with the Moore Foundation on the West Coast. If there are others that, you know, that you, you know, I went to, so 361 firms, 360 is about roundtables, about alumni networking, and one firm is being an Arthur Anderson partner, creating global collaboration. And I was amazed in 2016, I created my first family office roundtable, and Mm -hmm. people in Boston, many of them didn't even know each other. They, and then they didn't know each other as well as they thought they did because I make sure that they actually, we all go around the circle and talk to each other. So if there's any way we could help facilitate dialogue that would help unlock something that should be a no-brainer. And then we just want to bring people that, that are strategic capital Absolutely. to situations. Um, I think so, so two things quickly, Mark. So on the findings, right? Like obviously the finding would be in, if we said we're start at the end and go back in five years or three to five years, you know, maybe we've discovered a few cures, not just the cone snail venom, but other things. Maybe mm-hmm. we've discovered a, a food source underwater that because we're going to be looking at feeding people right on Proteus in a sustainable way, very mm-hmm. much like space. Space entities is our right now space companies. So to two areas to answer who else can help or how can you guys help and connections. We think the space companies, both private and public, are our most fertile ground because they if imagine every astronaut training on Proteus before they go to space, but also doing experiments, right? So it's it's a better way to see if the feasibility of your space experiments can actually work if you actually test it in an extreme environment. So that's a great area for us, but also to do discoveries. You've got to feed people in space in a much healthier way. Maybe they're discoveries that we can come up with while we're experimenting with how we're going to feed people under the water. Um, science, pharma, space pharma, all those areas are great fertile areas for us to do uh, collaborations with space companies. Um, the Gates Foundation and the more we have an interesting, unique structure since we're 20% owned by Fabian Custodian Learning Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time with the NSF over this fast last few days since they were here, but also thinking about how do we create a way to disrupt science funding. And the NSF is great. It's got lots of money, but it takes you nine months to get that money. So what if we have donations to the Ocean Learning Center to create the Proteus Ocean Science Impact Fund? And we created an an independent board of all doctoral science and research research people that Mm -hmm. make the decision. So you you basically turn in a five-page proposal. You don't wait nine months to get an answer if you have money or funding, but maybe it's a month. And these this independent science board will decide that. And to go do to do to do science tomorrow, not when Proteus is in the water, but starting tomorrow. We're mm-hmm. already 
in, in Curacao, and we have the ability to potentially do it in other areas. So that would be my answer to that. Excellent. Do you, know, you know Esther Dyson? I don't know. I, Esther Dyson is such a name from my old past at Goldman Sachs, and, and I know her and Bill Gates. She and Bill Gates are very good friends, uh, but not had obviously she's, talked she's, to her in years and years. She, well, she plans to retire on Mars. Uh, she's got she's a cosmonaut. She's, she's frequent in our our gatherings, but she likes frontier tech. I wonder if she ever really looked at this. At the ocean. Well, right? think about this, Mark. There there have been more astronauts in history than there have ever been aquanauts. Yet the irony of that is that to become an astronaut, you first have to become a scuba diver. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you if you look at at the Nemo missions and all that, they they're extremely interested in testing tech and uh, training people underwater because of the obvious similarities and the fact that it's an extreme environment. They're actually looking at Proteus because just like in space, if something goes wrong, you can't just come back to Earth. Um, and, and despite the fact that uh, the Proteus wa uh, air water interface on the main structure is at 60 feet, so, so three atmospheres, 2.8 atmospheres, um, you can't go to the surface if you have a problem. You have to address the problem right then and there, whether it's a technological problem, a physiological problem or other, mm -hmm. um, you, you're independent of the surface, uh, minus the communications to the surface. So uh, these are, are great anecdotes uh, for space colonization and, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Well, 